So listen, this is week three of Kingdom Come. So if I was going to summarize the first two weeks of this series in a sentence, I think this is how I would do it. It would sound something like this. See if this wraps up the first two weeks. If you haven't been here, you'll be like, sounds good to me, right? But if you've been here, see if this kind of gets it. So King Jesus has called the children of God, that's us, to use the authority of the kingdom to establish the destiny of the kingdom here on earth. Does that, does that summarize it pretty, pretty good? Y'all are adorable. You're like, I don't even, I was here both weeks and I have no idea what you even said. So sure, man, rock on. That sounds fantastic. Um, so it all starts with knowing that God's desire is that whatever is in heaven would be where? Okay, make sure you're here with me. So he showed us that here. Listen, we talked about this last week. The king of the kingdom, right? We talked about how you got a kingdom. That means you got a king. So if, if God's will is that what's in heaven would be found on earth, when did he, you don't have to answer this out loud, just think through, unless you want to be a super achiever, like overachiever, and you know, if you feel like you know it and you want to say it, then you can, but you don't have to, right? Because I know you kind of get that, like you want to, like right now you're, you're thinking, I don't even know what the question is, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer. And you, you, you're, it's like it's rising up. You want, but then you're thinking, but if I take the chance, right, and I'm wrong, what does that mean? It just means you're wrong. That's all, that's all it means. It means you're wrong. Um, but but if, if God's will, check this out, if God's will is that heaven would come to earth, what was the greatest evidence of his will? Or let me say it this way. Who? What one act was the greatest evidence of his will that heaven would come to earth? Crucifixion. So, no. Yeah. I, I, I was pulling for you, man. I was like, come on. I mean, you're, you're partially right because Jesus came to go to the cross, right? So Jesus would be the greatest proof. So, like, you ever, you ever well, of course, the answer is going to be yes because we're getting ready to go back to school. You ever sit in class and you listen to the teacher and you're just like, I'm never going to use this ever in life. I mean, I, don't, I know we just prayed for teachers and we're, like, pouring heaven into you and we filled you with confidence. And then I just told you, nobody's listening, right? That's what I just said. I know I just said that. But, like, for me, it was high school calculus, right? Calculus was, like... When am I ever going to visit New York City, be in Manhattan, and somebody stick a gun in my back and be like, if you can't answer this calculus problem, I'm going to kill you. It's never going to happen. Like, calculus is going to serve. Now, I know some of you are a higher level than me. So when I say calculus serves zero purpose in life, it's because I'm at a lower level and I readily admit it. Right? Some of you know, you understand that you're, you're sitting there laughing at me right now because you're like, Paul uses calculus and doesn't even know it. That's how stupid he is, right? I know there's like, there's like theories and principles and stuff. I get it. But I'm just saying, sitting in the class, you're just like, what? We sometimes talk so much theory and never gets practical. And so it's easy to kind of go, that's a stupid theory. It might be a good theory, but we just don't know how it works practically. And so what I want you to get is this. Heaven coming to earth could be theory except for Jesus. I don't even have to preach anymore. Jesus did all the preaching. Like he came from heaven to earth. And not to throw a party. You know, like, hey, this is fun. We're here. I'm going to hang out for 33 years. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be epic. And I'm out. 
He came to establish something on earth, right? So everything we've been talking about, he is the practical of the theory. So Jesus comes, and that's the proof. He's the king over the kingdoms, and we're the sent ones bringing the kingdom to earth. So the Lord's Prayer, right? We've, we've been praying this, and we've been reading this, that your will, God, would be done here on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So we've said things like, if it's not good, it's not over, right? So if you're looking at a situation, and it doesn't quite look like good like heaven, then it's not over, right? If it's not in heaven, it doesn't belong on earth, right? These are the, that's the authority we have as believers. The destiny that we have in the kingdom is to bring good. These are the things that we've talked about, right? Last week, we talked about how the kingdom is near us, and that's good, right? If you're lost, it's good to be found. If you're trapped, it's good to be rescued, it's good that the kingdom's near us, but Jesus, listen, Jesus didn't simply come to get us out of danger and then leave us on our own and hope we learn the lesson. Yeah, y'all got to get, you're going to have to get, you got to get more engaged. You're going to have to help me out. Like, so, at some point, I'm going to say something so good, you're going to stand on your feet and start clapping. I just know it's going to happen, right? I'm holding out hope for that moment. Let me just make sure you get this. Some of us treat what Jesus did like a parent who stops their kid from going close to a cliff, pulls them back over and sets them down and says, don't do it again. And what are they going to do? Oh, so your kids go through the checkout line at the grocery store too, right? Like, don't touch the candy. <laughs> don't ask again. Mommy, right? I mean, like, sometimes we treat it like he came and did this act on the cross, but then he left us all by ourselves. So, hey, that's awesome that you brought the kingdom near, but if that's as far as it ever goes, that's pointless. You see that, right? Like, it's, it's important that it's not just that he's near to us. And so today, here's what I want to do. I want to I speak a truth, say a statement that I believe is so life-changing that we're going to take the next three weeks to figure it out. Is that cool? So this is the, we've got three weeks left in this series, and we're going to take the next three weeks to figure out this statement. Here it is. Ready? The kingdom is in us. You're like, I was expecting something so much better than that. You're like, Paul, you said three weeks to work this out. Are you kidding me? Three weeks? I got it in three seconds. The kingdom's, no, 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 check this out. You don't have it in, you don't have it. We don't have it. We still are thinking theory. We're not thinking practice. Check this out. If the kingdom is coming from heaven to earth, if the kingdom is in us, and it is, if the kingdom is in us, then, then here's what I would submit. And here's what we're going to take three weeks to work out. It should change how we walk, who we walk with, where we walk, and what we do when we get where we're going. All that should change. Can I just submit this like in love? You know when somebody says in love, it's not going to be good, right? It's like when your girlfriend says, we need to talk. No. We, we might need to, but I don't want to, right? <laughs> just in love. As a leader in the American church, this truth about the kingdom being in us has not really changed how we walk. It's not changed who we walk with. It, it, it's not changed. 
what we, where we walk and what we carry. I just realized that my shoe is untied. This is an awkward moment for me. What do I do? I have no mic stand. What do I even do with that? All right. Where was I standing when I realized it? Here? A little further over? We'll edit that out. Okay. So that's, 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 that's my mark right there. Anyway, so the, the point here is I'm not, I'm not ragging us. I'm just saying, I'm just stating the obvious, right? Like we say the kingdom wants to come, but if the kingdom comes from heaven to earth and the kingdom is in us, then that means we carry the kingdom everywhere we go. This is the part I want to make sure you get. Everywhere we go, we carry the kingdom if we're his sons and daughters. Do I have your attention yet? Um, can I just, just a little, a little more, right? And then we'll, we'll jump into some scripture. Uh, how do you say this stuff tactfully? So if you go to a strip club, was that, was that tactfully? I, I didn't know how to do it. I don't How do you do that? How do you, like, make that? There are some preachers who are so good. That they say something like that, and people are just like, oh, amen, brother. I say, and you're, and you're like, what? Did he, did, you're asking each other, did he say strip? What did he, like, why? And why would he even say that? Because people go. When, when you don't go to the strip club because you're a good Christian, but you do the same thing at home on your computer. Holy cow. <laughs> Am I getting your attention? The point here is you have the kingdom in those moments. You have carried the kingdom into that place, and I don't mean like we prayed over teachers to carry it to school. We, we say that we believe it, but I'm not sure it affects us like it maybe should. And I don't say that like with guilt or condemnation. It's just I, I've got to make the statement that I'm not sure that we live like we believe that we're carrying the kingdom of God with us. It should change how we walk, who we walk with, where we walk, and what we do when we get there, right? Having the kingdom in us is huge. All right, so here's the thing. This is such a big deal, I don't even have points. You're like, well, why do I have a note card to fan yourself with? I don't even know, right? Do something with it. I, I just have, all I have is one, I've got one thing I'm going to say, I may not even say it yet, but just one thing I want you to remember, and I don't have points, there's no points, they're in the back going like, so no, like, what do we put up on the screen? That, I don't even know, right? We're just going to talk for a little bit, okay? Let's just talk for a second. Let me see if I can answer this question. How in the world did a big kingdom get into little bitty tiny people like us? Right? So if you, if you want to write a couple couple verses down. Let's just talk through this through. What exactly does it mean that the kingdom has been placed within us? The other night, I'm trying not to give spoiler alerts, but we were sitting at home and we were kind of bored. So we're watching, we watched a movie called Rampage because it's got the rock in it, right? And like that's instant good, that's a good movie. If it's got the rock, right, I don't care what the plot is and they're all the same, all right? What's happening in the rock movie? Uh, he's popping his pecs. That's what's happening in the rock movie. What else is happening? Uh, what? Did you say, you want me to pop my pecs? Is that what you said? <laughs> I was really asking. I didn't know. I couldn't hear her. I thought she said, pop your pecs. And I was like, what in the world? This is so awkward. We're watching this movie, Rampage. And, and I have, who has not seen Rampage? Raise your hand. So, okay. Oh, well, I can't even talk about it. Okay. 
Um, anyway, so we're watching some other movie, uh, not called Rampage. No, so I'll give you the premise of the movie because you can just see this in a trailer. So genetic editing, right? And so they genetically edited animals. And, and so somehow that, you know, like all these movies, that's an experiment that goes wrong, awfully wrong. And then animals turn into bigger animals that do crazy things that they shouldn't be able to do. And it was, anyway, and, and it was The Rock. I was pausing for effect because I said the rock, right? Um, the kingdom being in us is not like rampage. It's not like, wait, if, if the kingdom is in me, it's just like some kind of weird scientific experiment gone wrong where I got injected with something and now I'm going to turn into some kind of a freak. So my answer to you is maybe but not the way you're thinking, okay? Maybe you will turn into a freak, but not the way you're thinking. Uh, can we, let's, we need to turn to Scripture quickly, right? So Luke 17, Luke 17, verses 20 and 21 says this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, oh, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Now, depending on what version you use, I know the NIV says is within you. I'm not quite sure what the King James says or the New American Standard, but I know that they either say within you or they say among you. And if you have a Bible that says within you, then next to that within is like a little bitty letter, like a, like a footnote. And if you look at the footnote, it'll say, among you. And if you have a Bible that says, among you, there'll be a footnote. And in the footnote, it'll say, within you. Right. So now here's the thing. Scholars will say this. Jesus is talking to Pharisees. So the kingdom is not in them. Okay. So it's not, a lot of times, like, I could have preached this. I could have gone to the, the translation that I like that said he's already, the kingdom's within you. And I could be like, see, the kingdom's in you. But what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees was, Hello, religious idiots, people that study all the time. You should know this by now, but the kingdom's not external, y'all. You've been studying all the prophecies. Remember last week we talked about prophecies, right? 120 feet deep, all the way around the earth. Likelihood that one person picks up the one mark thing is like one of eight prophecies. There's 61 prophecies. Jesus fulfilled them all. He is the king of the kingdom, right? He's like, people, hello, the kingdom is among you. And who was among the Pharisees? Starts with J, ends with Jesus. Good. Jesus. He's saying, I am the kingdom. I am the kingdom. And now what you're saying is, okay, I'm, I'm kind of with you, Paul. I mean, I'm still thinking about that rampage thing, but I'm kind of with you. Because, like, you're saying Jesus was saying that he was among the Pharisees and he was the king. And so the kingdom is among us. But you said it was in us. And how in the world did it get from being among us to getting in us? A couple more scriptures. Here we go. You ready? Just jot these down as fast as you possibly can. John 14, 20. We'll throw them up on the screen. Jesus says, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me. And what? I am in you. Romans eight ten. Christ lives where? 
within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Galatians 2.20, somebody in the house, this is their life verse. What? I'm with you even if you're a Patriots fan. Here we go. Let's read it. I'm still praying about that. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but what? Christ lives in me. Listen, Jesus, now you're thinking, what? okay, time out, Paul. So, like, you said this was not going to be a weird experiment, like scientific experiment, but you just told me that, a, a, like, a grown man said to other grown men, that the kingdom was among them, so he's talking about himself. And now you've had me read three verses that talk about how that grown man is now in me. What? I mean, have you ever had your kids say to you, how does Jesus live in my heart? Have you ever had that conversation? <laughs> no, because you're like, ask Pastor Paul. <laughs> how did Jesus, how does the king, how does the kingdom get in us? the Holy Spirit, right? As a matter of fact, a lot of those verses that we read, if you go back and read the context of John 14, 20, when he says that you are in me and I am in you, he's speaking specifically a few verses before that, that when I'm out of here, when I raise to life and I'm gone, I'm going to send you another person. His name is the helper. He's the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be in you. Jesus is in us through the Holy Spirit. So Christ is in me, and Christ is the kingdom, which means that the kingdom is what? In me. So back to Luke 17, 20 through 21, right? So when he says, look, the, the kingdom's among you, he's saying, I'm it. And, and I'm going to go down across. You're going to kill me. I'm reading between the lines of things that he didn't actually say to them yet. And then I'm going to be raised from the dead. This is all stuff, if, you were, if you've even remotely been raised in church, you've, you've heard this. If you weren't raised in church, but you just have an obnoxious Christian neighbor, you've probably heard this, right? So you have the cross, the crucifixion, then you have the resurrection. You're like, why does everybody make such a big deal about the resurrection? Because when Jesus came back to life, it kicked in John 14, 20. When I'm raised to life again, you'll know that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm going to be in you because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit in you. Here's what that means. If you're a believer here today, the kingdom is in you. You carry the kingdom. Everywhere you go, you carry the kingdom. I, I love this. What makes us different as Christians? Like, I've told you a long time ago this story. Like Wendy had a coworker in Columbia, and he was not a believer. And he just, one day he said to her, like, why would I want to be a Christian? I don't have to go to church. I keep all my money. Why would I want to be a Christian? And then the sad part was, outside of Wendy, the Christians that he knew, he was making a pretty good argument because they weren't really any different than him. This goes back to what I said earlier. We say that we have the kingdom, but I'm not sure we're really carrying the kingdom everywhere we go because I'm not sure that we're really living as differently as maybe we should or could live. A lot of people are asking that question, what makes you different as a Christian? And you know what our answers are? This is sad. Our answers are, I go to church, I give money. Oh, if you need a little bit more proof, I got the Bible app. Boom. But that's, that's not what sets us apart as Christians. That's not what should set us apart. I mean, those are not bad things. As a matter of fact, if you don't have the Bible app, you should definitely do that, right? 
I mean, reading plans on the version are awesome. What sets us apart is what's been set within us. So I told you I had one point. This, this is, we carry the kingdom because we carry the king. That's what makes us stand out. We carry the kingdom because we carry the king. Everywhere I go, Jesus goes with me. Through the Holy Spirit in my heart, Paul says, I'm crucified. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Everywhere I go, he goes with me. I carry the kingdom because I carry the king. I believe that that is huge. It's huge. So let me ask you this question. Should carrying the kingdom change how we walk? And if it does, how? If carrying the kingdom should change how we walk, I believe it should. And I... Should is a loaded word, right? Um, we're supposed to not say should because it implies like guilt or something or shame. This is not about shaming you. This is just like, again, statement of fact. Can I just say that and not try to mince words? Statement of fact, if I carry the kingdom in me, it should change how I walk. It should change how I live. Here, uh, a couple more verses for you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Y'all good? You haven't thrown anything at me. That's good so far. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Paul's writing, and here's what he says. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you. When's the last time you begged somebody? Uh, last night, at some, somewhere on supper time, right? When are we eating? If you're the primary food prepper, prepper in your house, you've heard this. What's for supper? And when are we eating? It'll be 30 minutes. Can I put something in the microwave just to tide me over, right? I'm begging you. Can we place up the food now? I'm famished. Please, just tater tots. (laughs) Paul didn't beg for food. Look, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. I beg you. What, What he's saying is, If the kingdom is in you, I'm begging you to live differently. Live a life different. Now, what what, what was Paul's calling and what what possibly could be our calling? I'm going to say it's this, to make known among the nations the glory of God and the kingdom. So Paul wrote Ephesians. He also wrote Colossians. So let's look at a couple of verses there. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Here's, Here's what Paul said his calling was. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. Entire message. What is that? He says in the next verse, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. Uh, this is interesting. This has me intrigued. Does it have you intrigued? It's like, um, how many of you are, are really good at keeping secrets? Raise your hand. Be proud. It's okay. Be proud. Raise that hand high. Come on. That's good. The more important group to identify, however. How many of you are awful at keeping secrets? Look around the room, people. That's who you don't want to be saying stuff to, right? That's who you do not want to say stuff to. There is a secret in the kingdom that has been kept for generations and for centuries. That blows my mind. Like, what is the secret? 
What secret have people wanted to know that is now being revealed? Verse 27 says this, For God wanted them to know, that's God's people, that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. I love it when the Bible is that clear, don't you? What's the secret? And this is the secret, semicolon. I'm sorry, just a colon. And that means whatever comes next is the secret. Score! I don't have to go to the Greek, right? It's like right there. And this is the secret. You know what it is? Somebody say what? Christ is in you. I can see that that was underwhelming for you. I was kind of expecting more. I was like, like maybe falling on your face, weeping. The secret has been revealed, right? What does it mean? Like what, what does it mean that Christ is in us? How is that even a secret? How even process it? What, what does that even mean for today? Like you started the service saying like we maybe should be living differently than we are, that if we understand that the kingdom's in us, then it should change how we walk. And you led me down this road, and it was awesome. And then you said there's going to be a big secret, and it was like, that's it? Christ is in me. I feel like that's where we started. But I'm not sure that really motivates me to live differently, so I think you might have failed as a pastor. <laughs> It's possible. So here's what we're going to do. I have brought some footage to show you, yes and amen, that I think will help us clarify why it's so important, why this secret is so important, and how this secret can change us if we'll really grasp a hold of it. And so let me just set this, this, um, this footage up for you because we're going to catch it kind of mid. It's like a little interview. We're going to catch it mid-interview. So in this in this. Um, this footage, what you're going to see is a son who has been struggling with his identity for a while, uh, specifically, um, and I hope this, I mean, I don't want to, might hit home for some of you, but he's been struggling with his, with his identity since his dad died. And so we're kind of, kind of, kind of pick this, so focus on the screens, and in a minute I'm going to do something like that, and they're going to start playing, and I don't want you to miss any of it. We're going to pick it up mid-interview, but that's the setting, like a, fa a, a father's dead, son's been struggling with who he is ever since then, and go. Oh, sure do. You're Mufasa's boy. Bye. Hey, wait. You knew my father? Correction, I know your father. I hate to tell you this, but he died. A long time ago. Nope. Wrong again. <laughs> He's alive. And I'll show him to you. You follow old Rafiki. He knows the way. Come on. Don't dawdle. Hurry up. Hey, whoa, wait, wait. Come on. Come on. Would you slow down?
That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. feel you. I was just sitting here thinking, anytime you can show Rafiki in a clip on church, in church, it's a good day. Man, and why did I have to cut off right there? That's so good. Probably, well, it's probably cut off there so I wouldn't cry in public. I'm sure that's what it was. So uh, will you give me like five minutes to wrap this up? Um, y'all want to come play some wrapping up music behind me? Is that cool with y'all? Um, so how does this change the way that we walk? I would submit this. The secret is, and this is important, because I don't think anybody here is a, is a full-blooded Jew. The secret is that the kingdom, and more about this next week, because next week, this is kind of how the kingdom is in us individually. Next week it will be the kingdom is in us corporately. It changes who we walk with. And then the week after that it's going to be that, that the kingdom of God is, is working through us. Right? It changes, it, it changes where we walk and it changes what we do when we get there. But you and I, the, the Jews of Jesus' day, would not allow us to be a part of the kingdom. The secret was not like a recipe. It wasn't a Bible study. The secret was God wants Gentiles in the kingdom. Look around the room. Y'all don't even look the same. We are one big, happy, weird-looking family, right? Right? And it's all because of the secret that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Whose hope? Well, mine for sure, but also the people that live around me. They should have a hope of glory because he's in me. So can I just give you, uh, it just sounds like I got a lot, but I don't. Six quick, six ways that it changes the way that we walk. Ready? Here's six ways that you'll walk differently because of the kingdom in you. Here's number one, with awareness of what we're carrying. You know, the other day we were driving somewhere. I can't remember where we were going, but Sydney and I were passed by this maniac driver. They were like darting in and out of traffic. I mean, they were they were insane. And we were like, dang, what's your problem, right? And then we noticed they had, they had a baby on board sticker on the back of their car. Baby on board. And Sydney's like, they better slow down. They got a baby on board. And it was like, I mean, they, they, they were driving like maniacs, and they had a baby. And 
the point here is sometimes we live recklessly because we don't know what we're carrying. You're carrying the kingdom of God everywhere you go. We should walk differently because we are aware of what we're carrying, right? Like you, you're not taking your most valuable possession, I don't think, and giving it to like your baby. We want people to be aware of what they're carrying. We, we walk differently. We walk with confidence in who we're carrying. I mean, I, I can, teachers, we prayed over y'all. You can step into your classrooms full of confidence that Jesus is in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory for me, my classroom. My parents are going to have parent conference with me, and they're going to be mad at me. I'm still going to have confidence, right? Because I've got Jesus. He's with me. It's like, mm, the king of kings right here. Bring it on. You got confidence. A couple more ways. Uh, you, you walk with expectation. If I'm carrying the kingdom with me everywhere I go, then I've got a king inside of me who could not be killed. Which means he can change any situation I find myself in. I mean, name the worst situation. Can I give you an example? Opening day. It's happening in just a few weeks. Four, I think, 35. The Panthers are going to kick off the season against I can't even say cow. Oh, I can't even say it. Worst case scenario, I go home that night, right, from encounter, because I ain't going to be at a game. I'm going to hear and hang out with Jesus, and, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to flip on the score and see that the Cowboys crushed the Panthers. Can I get an amen? I'm praying for you, sister. That's the worst case. And, like, even then, I carry the kingdom. Come on, y'all. If I went to the game and the Panthers lost and I had to get in my car and drive home, my life isn't ruined. You know why? I still got Christ in me. He's still the hope of glory. Now, he might not be the hope of the Panthers. I don't know. But he's the hope of glory for me. My life is not up and down based on some game. It's not up and down based on my salary or my job status. I mean, those are real like that's a real blow if it happens but man the Christ is in you the hope of glory get your hopes up listen here's you walk with value this is the part about God that blows my mind and we'll talk more about this you know like in a couple weeks why is he giving us the kingdom I mean do you know you I know me I don't know if I can be entrusted with the kingdom he puts value in us because Christ is in me, the hope of glory. Like, we should be stepping places like, not like, I'm all that, but I'm kind of all that. Because he put Jesus in me. The kingdom is in, I have value. Now, this other way, this is closely tied to that. We should walk with humility. And here's why. Paul said that we hold this treasure in jars of, oh, okay, so not gold, right? It's the jars of clay. More about that in two weeks, right? There's a secret there as well. Jars of clay is one of the ways that the kingdom gets out of us. Mm, yeah, it does involve brokenness. You won't want to miss that one. And then here's the last way that it changes our walk. We should walk with awe. I mean awe. God, what were you thinking, man? Do you, you put the kingdom in me? Wow. 
what a God you are. God, I mean, God, just, I'm being honest. I, I don't know if I even trust my teenager with the car, and it's an old car. But you trusted me with the kingdom? Who does that? God. A God who's in control. A God who has a plan. A God who knows that I can put the kingdom in jars of clay. And it's going to be okay. Because I also put the Holy Spirit in them. And he's going to guarantee them to the day of the inheritance. Man, that's the God that you serve. You, it's, it's impossible to, like, just be still. I mean, is it, is it just me? I could explode right now. Because of the God that, like, you should be on your feet. Like, you should be on your feet. Want to praise God because they're starting to sing in a second. And we're going to sing. I don't even know what we're going to sing. Did you know you are going to sing? Okay, good. Because we're going to sing. And we're going to get to wrap this up praising a God who is so powerful that he's not scared of your frailty. And you so don't want to miss the next two weeks. Come on, let's stand up. Let me just say this. Mufasa's words to Simba, right? He was like, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become. These sound like Paul's words to the Colossians and the Ephesians, don't they? He's like, guys, the secret is that Christ is in you. In you, the hope of glory so live a life worthy of the call. What does that even look like? It, it looks like wrapping this up this morning with you being aware of the fact that every place you step, you carry the kingdom. So I just want to just give you the opportunity this morning just to submit yourself to the Lord. I know we've spent time at the altar. You're welcome to come back to the altar. You can do it right where you stand, but would you please not just kind of give God some lip service right now, but let's do some heart work, right? God, where, where do I need to change so that I can live a life worthy of the call to bring your hope and your glory to the world? So, Father, just as we spend some time here at the end just with you, I'm asking God that you would meet us. You and your infinite wisdom that I do not understand, but I'm so thankful for it. You have placed the kingdom, that which is uncontainable, in my container. And I don't want to leave it there. God, I want to carry that. I want to carry that, God. I want to change the way that I walk. So we just, this morning, just close this time out. Just spending time with the Father. who has put value in us because of the kingdom that he's placed within us.